You are listening to Defunct Games Presents Cyril Reed's Metal Gear. Previously on Cyril Reed's Metal Gear, Justin Haley is on a mission to break into Outer Heaven and rescue the Snake Men. What he doesn't know is that he's supposed to fail, acting as a distraction while the full team saves the day. Things did not go as planned. So far, Solid Snake has managed to infiltrate Outer Heaven, scare off a pack of wild dogs, survive a spiked death room, rescue the survivors, and locate the head of the kidnapped Snake Men. Not bad for a one-man suicide mission. Using rations he picked up from the empty vehicles, Snake was able to survive the deadly heat room. Now he has used his newly acquired keycards to open the door to the biggest challenge yet. Will Haley have what it takes to find the Metal Gear and destroy it? Find out now when you listen to another exciting episode of Cyril Reed's Metal Gear. Chapter 12, The Moving Bridge. Laser traps are everywhere. Their destructive, invisible rays cross-cutting and intersecting the hallway about four feet off the ground. Any one of them would have burned a hole right through Solid Snake. And two of them together would have turned him into Swiss cheese. Avoiding the laser traps by means of the infrared goggles, Haley made his way to the west elevator. He thought he might be able to spot the location of Metal Gear from the roof. Solid Snake took the elevator to the rooftop. Two terrorist guards were waiting for him, but Haley threw himself to the floor of the elevator and pressed the button to go down. Bullets penetrated the elevator door, passing over his head. How to get back safely to the roof? Maybe he could trick the guards. Haley left the elevator on the floor below and pressed the button to send it back up to the roof. Then he raced for the east elevator. Haley stepped out of the east elevator and onto the roof just as the doors to the west elevator were opening. He watched as the guards let fly with a hail of bullets from their automatic weapons, still believing that Solid Snake was in the west elevator. But he wasn't. He was behind them, only a foot away from their backs. With the butt of his Beretta, he knocked both of them out, cold. There were two more of Katafi's men who'd been out of commission for a long time to come. Ducking down, Solid Snake looked out over the top of the Outer Heaven complex. From the roof, he could see a bridge linking Building 1 to Building 2, and another linking Building 2 to Building 3. Suddenly, it occurred to Solid Snake that both Dr. Petrovich and Metal Gear might easily be in the third building. With the clock ticking away, perhaps he could reach them without going through any more of the complex. Justin Haley set foot onto the bridge. The instant that Haley took his first steps, the bridge began to move. It was made up of an overlapping metal plate, and although it appeared solid, it wasn't. Under the marine captain's weight, combined with the weight of his gear, the plates began to shift. One way or another, making yawning gaps. This was even more dangerous than the heat panels. Just one small false step and Solid Snake would fall through a gap to the courtyard below. Three long stories down, he'd be squashed like a bug. Loaded down by a grenade launcher and other heavy equipment, Haley moved with agonizing slowness. Inch by inch, left foot, right foot, he forced himself not to look down, not to think about the concrete pavement three stories below. At last, after long, agonizing minutes, Solid Snake crossed the bridge safely. 
Now he was on the roof of Building 3. In front of him was a small crate. Haley approached it carefully, then slowly opened the top. He couldn't believe his eyes. There were two objects inside. One was a mind detector, and the other was... a radio transceiver. Now he could hear what Diana was transmitting. Haley strapped the equipment to his back and walked to one of the elevators. The door wouldn't open. He walked to the other elevator. None of his key cards would open that one either. So, it was back to the rooftop bridge again for another crossing, back to Building 2. But this time, he was weighed down by even more equipment. Solid Snake hadn't taken more than three or four steps out into the void when he realized that he was certainly going to fall. It was better to jump than to fall. It was a long way down, but Haley had made over 200 parachute jumps. There must be a way to minimize the risk. With the panels of the bridge swaying and opening under his feet, Solid Snake had to work quickly. First, he put the body armor on. Then, he wrapped his weapons as tightly as he could in the bomb blast suit, tying the sleeves around the payload and paying particular attention to the safety of the radio. Attaching the bandoliers to the bulky package, Haley gently hung them off the bridge and let go. The weapons landed with a thud. Were they still in one piece? Justin Haley would soon find out. If, that is, he landed in one piece himself. The bridge was swaying worse than ever, and huge cracks had opened between the plates. With the bridge giving way under his feet, Haley wrapped his arms around his knees, tucked himself into a ball, and jumped over the edge. Just before he reached the ground, he untucked and gave his body a half-twist. As he hit the ground, he rolled over twice, then slapped down hard with both hands. Scrambling to his feet, Justin Haley felt himself all over. Nothing broken. He checked his weapons. They seemed to be A-OK. -okay. Even the radio didn't have a scratch or dent on it. Another successful jump. Only this time he made it without the use of a parachute. Not a jump he'd recommend to his squad as regular exercise. Without his extensive training, he would have broken a leg. Or even worse. Solid Snake took a look around. The courtyard was thick with trucks and tanks. Haley crept into the shadows of the truck for a better look. The truck had rations in the front seat, and he was out of rations, thanks to those heat panels. So he pocketed them. There were armed terrorists everywhere. To divert the guards' attention, Solid Snake decided to blow up a tank. Placing a couple of anti-tank mines under the tank tread, he set the detonators and crept away unseen. Suddenly, a faint radio transmission, almost blanketed by static, came from the transceiver. What he needed was an antenna, so the broadcast would come in clearly. Justin Haley could barely hear a woman's voice say, Boss man, here, watch out, it's a minefield! Try to slip through wearing an enemy uniform. The message, coming out of nowhere, left Solid Snake very puzzled. How did Control know where he was? How had they pinpointed him on the edge of the minefield? Haley had lost the homing device in the trapdoor long ago. But suppose the compass hadn't really been a homing device. The compass had been the only thing that Foxhound Command had let him take into outer heaven. Except for... Except for his suit of camouflage. The camos had come into outer heaven on Solid Snake's back. For the first time, Justin Haley realized that somewhere in his suit there must be a real homing device. They'd been tracking him all along. But wait! 
If Control knew where the minefield was, hadn't it always been aware of the heat panels, the shotgunner, and every other hazard that Captain Justin Haley had faced? Why hadn't Control warned him earlier? Why had the commander lied to him about the compass? Didn't the leader of the Snake Men trust Justin Haley? And now, if Solid Snake were to take off the camos and put on the enemy uniform, wouldn't Haley be off the computer of Foxhound Command? And would that be a good or, or bad thing? Can I still trust Commander South? Haley whispered and didn't know the answer. He felt totally cut off from his command. To be continued. Game hint. You can often defeat the shotgunner by hitting him ten times. This is Metal Gear Substance. Look back at chapter 12. Wait, the shotgunner often takes ten hits? Is it ten hits or not? I need to know. It's important to my health here. The last thing I want to do is start celebrating a victory prematurely. I'm not, I'm not George W. Bush. Man, that fight with the shotgunner sounds epic. In the book, you just fight for a, a couple of seconds and it's over. Haley uses the butt of his gun and smacks the big guy down in one hit. It's lame. Man, on the, on the NES, it sounds epic. Hey, wait a minute. Snake smacks around a couple of terrorists with the butt of his gun in this chapter, too. Will Snake ever pull the trigger? He's packing just about every type of gun imaginable, and, and the dude is, has a fear of wasting bullets. Even when he goes to destroy the tank, he uses mines instead of that perfectly good missile launcher. Typical snake. He's gonna bore the Metal Gear to death at the end of this book. Oh, I almost forgot that this chapter comes with a, a free a Worlds of Tr Power trading card. And don't, don't get too excited, you're not getting one. But it's, it's right here in the book, it's even a little thicker than the, the regular pages. Comes with a, the secret uh, hint. It's written backwards. I guess this means I'm gonna have to pick up a mirror somewhere here to decipher that super secret code. Alright, let's let's see what we have here. No, I don't think this Tony Hawk fake plastic skateboard's gonna help this situation. And, oh, that's where that game.com went. Let's, let's see here. Oh, oh man, I'm surprised to see so many copies of Darkest of Days in this just lying around here. Oh, here we go. Right next to that family of possums. Let's see, it says, uh, get the rocket launcher on the second floor of the building two. After you have four starts, call Jennifer at frequency 120.84. Huh. I'm not sure that was worth nearly cutting my hand off on broken shards of glass while digging in this box. Whatever. I guess we'll be back next week with another episode of Cyril Reed's Metal Gear and Unless I bleed to death. I want to go tend to this. I'll see you next week.